Hello, hello. It's Jackie, your host from Talking Without Filter. So, I did notice that I had some sound issues on the last two videos. They sounded fine when I reheard them. And I'm not sure why the audio was kind of weird, but I will try my best to make sure that this um, episode is more clear and you're able to hear the background music more. And I see that y'all really like the demons episode, which I'm so happy that you liked it. And I see that I have people in Portugal listening now, and I just wanted to say, Hola e obrigado por ouvir. Which I think means hello and thank you for listening. Not sure if I said it right, but I'm going to try again. Hola e obrigado por ouvir. Thank you for listening. And I just appreciate all the people that listen and take their time just to give me feedback and for my people in German in Germany danke schon I think that's how you say thank you if I'm wrong I'm sorry but I just want to thank y'all as well and for my people in Mexico muchas gracias uh, your episodes in Spanish are coming out very soon I promise I'm just trying to work on my dictation is it dictation my proficiency in spanish all right so this episode is going to be on the paranormal and you might want to leave your lights on when you hear these bone chilling stories Alright, let's begin with our first story. I was camping with my husband and his family at a small remote lake in New Mexico. There were about 10 people in our group and another group of 6 people in the next campsite. It was nighttime and both groups were doing typical activities, making s'mores, having a few drinks, and telling stories, when we all heard what sounded like a little girl yelling out for help. Neither group had children with them, but we were all positive we were hearing a little girl and decided to search the area we heard the noises from together. There was a field behind our campsites, and we all saw a very tall, pure white figure standing maybe a hundred feet away from us in the field making the noises we all agreed this thing looked maybe six feet tall skinny and white as can be we made our way closer to investigate but whatever it was that we saw 
started backing off as we got closer and it disappeared into the trees. All night, we continued to hear a little girl calling for help as we tried to sleep. Ugh, gross. <laughs> I think that was a flesh walker. It had to be. And I've heard so many stories of these flesh walkers, and that's a whole episode I'll be doing. I mean, to talk about them is scary enough if you believe in them. But, oh, I couldn't imagine being with friends and then you hear somebody calling for help and you're like, what's going on? Like, why do we hear a child when no one brought a child with them? And, you know, obviously you're going to be like, okay, let's go help. It's a child. But in the forest, in the middle of the night? I don't know. This is our next story. I was driving across country with my mom and sister when I was 16 and my sister was 20. It was late, but we were all well-rested, still, and alert. We were driving along an interstate and needed gas and a bathroom break. So we stopped at the only rest stop in 200 miles. There was a van full of teenagers on a road trip at the gas station, as well as a small gray car parked at the pump in front of us, with two young men standing still outside of it. When we got there, everything felt wrong. We'd been on the road for days and seen many rest stops at night and had never been afraid until then. My mom and sister went inside and I stayed in the car. I heard the teenagers say they were creeped out and couldn't get the pump to work and they left in a hurry. I was watching the car in front of us and the two men had not moved at all. Not an inch. They weren't talking. They weren't on phones. They were just standing there. Still as stone. My sister and mom came running back out of the car. And when they got in, the two men slowly turned to look at us. While not moving or pivoting the rest of their bodies. And I swear to fucking shit, we all saw the same thing. They had eyes dark as pitch and empty. Truly empty. Not black. Not reflecting any light at all. Just a void. We sped out of there and didn't stop until we were in the next city. The worst thing about the entire experience, we couldn't find the place on any map. We knew exactly which spot on the interstate to look, 
and we couldn't find it on the Google Maps or any paper map we had. We had even asked locals about the creepy gas station out on the stretch of the road and got only confused looks. We've traveled on that interstate since, and there is no rest stop. Wow, that's crazy. Another story. My then boyfriend, now husband, and I lived in a row apartment above shops in town. Two-story building, we lived on the top floor. I always felt the presence of a child. I turned around, expecting someone to be standing behind me. But I instinctively looked downward as if I were looking for a small person. One night, I heard footsteps running up and down our hallway. My boyfriend didn't hear it as he had gaming headphones on. At this time, we kept our door closed and two cats locked out of the bedroom at night. One night, I awoke to the sound of a potted plant I had in the room rustling. I wondered if a cat was in the room with us. I checked and they weren't and went back to sleep. I woke up again shortly thereafter to a black figure in front of me. I was laying on my side facing the edge of the bed. It looked like a head and shoulders, but with no distinct features, just black. I thought maybe it was a cat sitting on the edge of the bed. So I reached out, but nothing was there. I didn't feel afraid and went back to sleep. I continued to feel a presence there but never had a visual experience again. Next story. My first experience with the Ouija board was at a friend of a friend's house. I was there with my best friend and her boyfriend at the time. My best friend, we'll call her Jessa, had grown up in this house which was notoriously haunted. The woman who lived there would wake up with scratches on their back. They would routinely see the ghost of a little boy. Crazy shit happened all the damn time. Anyways, Jess's childhood friends moved in there when the family moved out, and we were there for her housewarming party. Jess's friend had a board. Jessa and I are both pretty spiritual, and neither of us wanted to touch it. Nothing was happening, so Chuck convinced us to do it, saying we were witchy. As soon as we touched it, the cursor started moving. 
At first, it was saying it was a little boy. Jess and I both looked at each other. Oh, fuck. Both of us knowing about the little boy in the house. Suddenly, Chuck was like, Oh man, did you guys feel that? We all felt it. The air became thick-like, hard to breathe. He described exactly what I felt. It was almost like the air was thick fog or mist, but it was still dry. The board started spelling things like slut, fuck her, cheater, bitch. He fucked her. The cursor was moving more rapidly with every word. Finally, Jessa was like, okay, stop. And the pointer stopped dead in its tracks. It stopped too abruptly that my hand slipped off. When I touched it again, it slowly dragged to the bottom of the board, saying goodbye. Months later, I was crashing at a friend's place, K and J. They had a basement apartment and I was crashing their couch. The guys invited over some girls I didn't know and they wanted to try using a Ouija board. I didn't want to touch it, but it wasn't working so I finally gave in and decided to try it. As soon as I touched it, the pointer started to move. The cursor was moving really slowly, so as a game, I said, move faster, and it started moving quickly. I kept saying faster, and eventually, it was moving so fast, my friend touching the cursor was saying, this isn't funny, as if I were moving it. I said I wasn't moving it, and he freaked out, releasing the board and the pointer. They both went shooting across the room. At that point, we were all pretty convinced it was real. One of the girls wanted to see more, so we grabbed the cursor and started again. So the board asked to speak to a girl named Haley. The board says, family, father, and proceeds to spell her dad's name. She starts freaking out. The board says it's sorry about her dad and that her dad is a drug addict and her mom's a drunk. It says she has to leave her house because her dad is angry. Haley starts crying and freaking out. The board says goodbye. We get back to the apartment and Haley is crying. She tells us that her dad is a coke dealer and her mom is drunk all the time. Her home life is awful. Her dad would frequently get drunk and coke up and hit her. She was only 16 or 17 at the time. K and J says that she can stay at their place too. Interestingly, interestingly, 
Months later, Haley's mom dropped her off at the apartment complex, and she told Haley that her great-grandfather helped build the place. She said he lived there his whole life and died there. After that night, I started reading about Ouija boards. A couple nights later, I went to visit my best friend and her boyfriend at his place, which was walking distant to my apartment. I told him about the whole thing. He says he wants to try it too. Reluctantly, Jess and I agree. Keeping in mind, we had all been drinking whiskey. Yes, I know. This is altogether an awful idea. The cursor starts spelling out trees. Broken. Glass. Suddenly, it starts getting violent. Spelling out rape. Fuck her teeth. Jess and I tell it to stop and we say goodbye. The cursor drags to goodbye and we put the board away. Suddenly, Chuck is like, oh shit, dude, you're not walking home. He then explains his interpretation of what the board was saying. On my walk to my friend's place, like I said, they lived in a basement apartment. So instead of walking through the halls, we just go to the living room and climb in. To get to the window, I would cut through a back clearing where there were trees all over. He's convinced that there are bad guys in there and that if I would have walked home, I would get raped. Hence the fuck her teeth shit. Needless to say, after the visual, I stayed over. The next morning, when I walked through the clearing, there were broken glass bottles all over the place. My friends say they had heard people drinking out there all night. Anyway, I moved out and Haley and I became friends. <sighs> Kay brought the board over as a housewarming gift. One day... My cousin came over to my apartment with her boyfriend at the time. Her boyfriend notices a board in the corner and he asked about it. I laughed and I tell him the whole story. His eyes get all wide and he asks if we can play with it. Being kind of stoned, I agreed and we start asking it questions. The pointer starts spelling Jess's name. We all get in the car and head over to her place. She's not home, but Chuck is. I left the board in the car with my cousin and her boyfriend and go talk to Chuck. He said Jessa was at work until 9 at night, but we could come in and wait for her. After the last incident, he was interested to see what was going to happen. When I got to the car, my cousin and her boyfriend said they heard fingers tapping as if something were waiting impatiently for me to get back. We sat around waiting for a while and Chuck brings it his own board. From the last time I was over, we use it and it says Jessa. Jessa. And pointing to the no and in the sun in the corner of the board. Over and over. No sun. No sun. 
Eventually, I figured out it was saying no light. I asked it if it wanted me to shut off the light, and I said, no, we're not going to do that. I had read that bad spirits do not like the light. Finally, when Jessa was home, she said she was too tired and didn't want to try using it. We agreed to leave it alone and brought the board home. I did not like having it in my house. So the next time I went to visit Haley and KJ, we brought it back. She said she wanted to try it one more time and then we would get rid of it. At this point, I was clearly addicted to it for some reason. So Haley and I are at the basement apartment, climbing out the window for cigarettes, near the back clearing with the trees. We go back in and use the board. The board starts spelling out Haley's name. The spirit says its name is Maria. Haley immediately starts to cry and says, that's not funny. I had no idea why or what was going on, but the board kept saying, tell them I miss them. Tell them I love them. I'm here. I love them. As Haley is crying, she explains that her best friend's mom, Maria, had died a year ago. I remember the death. It was big news in her high school. I ask her how I know her, and she says she's my spirit guide. Haley says, how do we know you're real? The cursor spells cigarette. And I said, what do you mean? And it says window. We look at each other and your heart sinks. She knows we smoke outside. I said, how will we know that? And she says, trees. I'm like, fuck that. And Haley says, we have to do it. So we're smoking outside, um, looking into the forest sweating in fear, thinking I'm going to see a fucking demon face in the branches or something. Eventually we relax, but then Haley, mid-sentence, her face drops and goes white. She's like, fuck, 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 get inside now. I toss my cigarette and jump in the window. We close the blinds and we're breathing super heavy. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? She says that behind me in the, dis- in the distance, there was a big ass, like, a hundred feet tall tree. There was no wind. I remember this because I was watching my cigarette smoke go directly up and I was blowing perfect O's without them disappearing. She says the tree was still, then suddenly the whole tree, including the trunk, moved back and forth. And then suddenly went back to perfectly still. I was like, hell no. And after a while of freaking out, sat back at the board. When we put our fingers on it, it said, did you see?
We fucking freaked out. It was spelling. It's okay. I love you. It's okay. Don't be scared. Finally, it asked to speak to only me and for Haley to go away. Haley jokingly said, Oh, you don't like me? And the board said, Don't be sad. This story closely pretty weak closes pretty weak because in my mind nothing really came of it. When I tried to use the board on my own, nothing happened. I couldn't move it without the help of Haley and my spirit guide. Couldn't communicate with me. I like to think it was real and my spirit guide Deb was just trying to get me off the board. As I said, we had talked about it a lot. And we are reusing it quite a bit. Sometimes I wonder what Deb wanted to tell me. Anyways, that's it. I haven't touched one to this day. Now if you excuse me, I'm off to sage the hell out of my apartment to frighten any demon, ghost, or vampire away. Well, I hope that you enjoyed these stories. A Spanish story will be coming out very soon. I mean, a Spanish episode, sorry. Um, thank you for listening. I hope that you have a great Saturday evening or afternoon whenever you're listening to these um, episodes. And thank you again for your support. It means so much to me. Bye.